Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Well, hey, Northridge family, welcome back to A Little Better. Happy Easter. We are glad that you're with us. Today is the day after Easter. I don't know if that has a name, but I'm going to still call it Easter. I'm the kind of guy who says Merry Christmas well after Christmas is over. So I don't know. I guess I'm just that guy. Do you really say Merry Christmas after Christmas is over or before it has happened? Both. Both. I mean, it's just like the Christmas season. It's a it's a generic time frame. No, the Christmas season ends after (laughs) Christmas. It's just makes sense that way you got 25 days that lead to christmas you say merry christmas all the time but once christmas is over you're like you're not like walking around like merry christmas january or december 26th that's weird bro that's weird i don't know okay Okay. well Well, anyway happy easter (laughs) (laughs) so tell me about your easter how did it how did it go down in the cars in your household well um we uh had a, a beautiful day with my mom and my family and my brother and sister. Um, we watched the services um, and we had turkey. Uh, so we baked a turkey and we had some good food, a great celebration. We hid some eggs. And when I say we hid some eggs, I mean, I threw them in the most obvious places for a five, a three and a two year old to get them. So we had a little Easter egg hunt with candy and little pennies in there, and the kids loved it. It was it was great. Yours? Awesome. How many? Uh, oh, it was good. It was good. How many services did you guys watch? I feel like you're the kind of guy that would watch. You're always watching other churches and seeing what they're doing. So did you check out other churches or just Northridge, or what did that look like? I watched every Northridge service. And I watched other church services as well. It's amazing. All day long, my computer was full of services. So, <laughs> yeah, you're like a, you you get like so many bonus points for how many Easter services you watched. I was uh, <laughs> present for all three of ours as well. Uh, nine, ten, thirty, and one. I guess. Um, wait, do we have a Monday? I'm we, trying to. We remember. have one tonight at seven. Yes. Yeah, we have one tonight at seven. That's right. So I guess I haven't been present for all of them yet. I've been all present for all the ones that have happened. Um, but actually, we're switching around service times. Why have we already talked about that? Why don't you tell us what's coming this week for service times? Yeah, we're just moving. So Monday night at 7. It's been a, a great little experiment. Um, and so we're going to shift it to Saturday night at 7. So we're going to take that Monday service. The only thing that's changing with our weekend services is we're taking the Monday night at 7. And we're moving it to Saturday night at 7. Um, one reason why Monday night was just a, it's just a harder night for people to engage. I think after Sunday, they kind of move on to the, the next week. And so um, a lot of churches I have worked for has ha- have had a Saturday night service. So we're going to try this out, see if it works. And yeah, praying God does cool things with it. All right. So it's moving, not adding. We're just moving it. So there won't be a Monday starting next week. Exactly right. Today. Yep. We're okay, moving the cool. Monday night to Saturday night. Sounds good. Yeah, I definitely have never heard of a church with a Monday night service. I do think it was a cool experiment, but I I can't recall ever seeing that before. So (laughs) Saturday does make uh, some sense, and we have the ability to do it since we're having a pre-record right now. So that's cool. But hey, the big thing about Easter, obviously, Jesus is alive. That's amazing. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Did you guys grow up saying that in church? He is risen. I mean, I think everybody says that even now. <laughs> no, everybody I mean, it was like, that. it was like a call and response. It was like a real life thing. Like every Easter would say like, he is risen. And the church would say like, he is risen indeed. Did you guys, was it just me? Maybe it was just me. No comment. 
<laughs> anyway, so we're excited. Jesus is alive. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the response from Sunday? What, have, what are we hearing from our people um, and even people placing their faith in Christ? Did you have any of your Pi Squared people show up? Talk to me about that. Yeah, so Sunday was an amazing celebration. So one thing, if you watched on our uh, live.northridge platform, you saw a couple unique things that we've been adding. And one of those is you could see when I gave the gospel and people had a chance to respond, you could see people say, uh, raise a hand if you prayed that prayer. And so over Mm. our three... Yeah, that was a cool thing. Yeah, it was really cool. Our team worked hard on that. Um, Over our three services, we saw 27 people say yes to Jesus Christ. Plus three more that came in from a different avenue uh, in that way. And so 30 people um, said yes to Jesus Christ. And so if you think about that over four weeks, over four weeks, that is 61 people, 61. Amazing. I mean, how amazing amazing is God? And, you know, you know, we're griping and moaning over this, you know, COVID-19, but God is like totally using it to, to draw people to himself. And I know we talked about it, but I hope that never gets old. 61 eternities have been changed because of this and Mm -hmm. let's go. I'm ready for more. I'm ready. That is very exciting. And I just love that we were able to capitalize on this season. You know, not every series and not every time frame would be perfect for that kind of a, you know, a shift where we're offering opportunities every single week, but this was just like the perfect moment and God utilized it. So I'm really excited about that. And that's a very high number. Of course, the number is reflective of stories and people that we know and people that we're following up with. They're not just uh, nameless numbers. Uh, These are stories that we care about and that we're tracking with. So that's very exciting. And kudos to the people of our church for inviting. Um, I got a couple of messages from people who texted me and said, hey, Drew, my friend texted me that said they said yes to Jesus. And that like just stirs a fire in people's hearts. My um, contractor, so we've been kind of adjusting some things in my basement for my mom to move in. And my contractor texted me this morning. So today I think it was around nine 30 says, Hey, we tuned in and it was awesome. Thanks for that. Wow. I, I got a message from my high school, sixth grade teacher who said, Hey, I haven't felt that much hope in a long time. Thank you so much. Oh my so like, wow. I mean, again, cool stories of God just working. He's fulfilling our mission more and better, baby, more and better. People are growing closer to God and people are meeting Jesus for the first time. And so let's go. Beautiful. And Drew, dude, I love that you're living Pi Squared. I mean, it would be easy in uh, your position. I think maybe mine too, to, we've talked about Pi Squared endlessly, especially back in the Paul series. It's easy at times to uh, feel like that's outside of our purview because we're, you know, we work with a bunch of Christians and stuff. But I love that you've got names and people that you're thinking about. Um, I love it. I, I sent out some invitations and got some positive responses. Some people ghosted on me, but, you know, that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll see what comes from that. I loved getting texts during that morning. Like, hey, my friend from wherever is tuning in. Please be praying. You know, people just like in the moment being like, oh, I'm so excited they came. You know, whatever. I, I love that feeling for people and just that they're sharing and spreading and praying. And we're all kind of like waiting with bated breath for what God's going to do. Mm. And um, yeah, it's, a, it's an especially expectant time because of the the sadness and the distress and the fear that people are feeling. But then, also, of course, with the biggest Sunday of the year in terms of um, people being interested in church. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's jump in and talk about the resurrection a little bit. Let's talk about this sermon from Sunday. Um, I have some random thoughts that I might end up sharing that just were from my own devotional time on Sunday morning before church, but that's a whole nother thing that I'm looking at my notes here. We'll see if that comes up. But for now, 
you talked about how the resurrection should impact our daily life. And I just kind of thought, like, what does that mean? What would it mean for the resurrection to, as a believer, impact my daily life? How does the fact that Jesus is alive change what I'm doing day to day? I mean, I, I, if you truly believe in what Jesus accomplished, I don't understand how it can't not change everything. I mean, it should change sure. your motives for getting out of bed. It should change the way you think about life and eternity. It should change the way you choose to live and act towards the people you love and the people you don't love. It should, I mean, every fiber of who you are should be changed by the resurrection. Now that doesn't happen in an instant, um, you know, it happens over a life of living in, in the perspective of the resurrection and how the resurrection gives you victory over your sin. And so um, I think the major way that the resurrection has changed my life is the battle between my flesh and the spirit. So living in light of the resurrection, man, my flesh wants to do things that it that I know I shouldn't do. And so the battle that I, that wages within me, it, it helps me overcome the sin that I was enslaved to, but now I have freedom over. And so my daily choices of how to respond to my wife when she annoys me or how to have patience. That, wait, that's, I'm going to have to stop you there. It's that, actually usually in reverse happen. probably for my wife <laughs> and me annoying her, but <laughs> okay. every once in a Just while good, she, good clarification. <laughs> Um, but I think of like patience with my, my kids when we're locked into a locked in a house all the time together. I think of just, you know, the, the random emails that you get of frustration of people, just every area of your life, the resurrection can impact, um, from my Mm -hmm. desire to want people to experience what I've experienced, you know, when you Mm -hmm. truly see the amazement of the resurrection and how it can change your life, it should create in you a desire for people to experience that as well, to love your neighbor, to tell your neighbor about Jesus. You know, I, I, when I look at my life and I think about the resurrection that Jesus is alive, what it really does is it makes me alive. It gives me life. And out of that new life, it changes everything I do. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, and I, I was thinking even to, I don't know, at the kind of really granular level or really practical level, it, the fact that Jesus is alive, you're obviously taking that. The reason you're saying it should impact everything is you're, you're walking through the implications almost in an unstated way. You're like, well, if Jesus is alive, that means, and there's like five or six boxes that you're checking as a result of that truth. But like, why would a random, a a person 2000 years ago coming back to life change my life? It's because what that means, like that resurrection means, as you said, that he's conquered sin. That resurrection means every claim he's ever made is true. That means that if we have victory over death, even now in the midst of COVID, like I don't have to be terrified of anything. I don't have to be terrified of even getting COVID and dying. I don't have to be afraid of people that I love having this disease and dying. I don't have to be afraid of economic ruin or anything, a global conspiracy that's making this whole thing up. I mean, literally name your fear or whatever. None of it stands a chance against the fact that like the worst thing that can happen to you is you lose everything and you die. And none of that can be, the resurrection is more powerful than any of that. Right, if you think about this series, we talked about, okay, you go back to Jesus' baptism, right? We talked about that giving him his identity. We talked about the temptation, it gave him his credibility. I think the resurrection gave Jesus his, like, it validated him as the the son of God. It just claimed, it just basically took every claim that Jesus had made in his life, as crazy as they were, and they said, well, 
check that box off because that was true. You know, I think of mm-hmm. even when he was crucified, the soldier, after he died, the veil was torn, the earthquake happened, the soldier says, truly, this must have been the son of God. It's like, yep, yeah. check that box. This was God's son, and he did mm-hmm. exactly what he said he was going to. And out of that, out of his resurrection, whew, the implications of that are endless in someone's life. Yeah, and I don't have to, if my spouse annoys me, or if life isn't what I was expecting, or if I never get married, or if whatever, none of those things, as disappointing, frustrating, and hard as all of those things are, they're not ultimate. We have an ultimate truth in the form of Jesus' resurrection that overcomes everything. And so it's kind of one of those, if all else fails, things, like... It, but it's not It's not just in all else fails, like break the glass in case of emergency. Like if your house is on fire, oh no, quick grab this, this last ditch effort. It's like, this is so important, so ultimate that it actually can be pervasive in every detail of your everyday life. It's right. not just helpful in the biggest things. If you allow it to be, it's life-changing in the smallest of things. Exactly. And we're not saying that there are times in life where, you know, life is hard and difficult. Like right now we're people are dealing with some really difficult things and we're not saying, Hey, walk around like, Oh, I got COVID-19, but don't worry. Jesus is alive. Like, yeah, he is alive, but that, that doesn't take away from the things of life that are hard and difficult. But what, what the resurrection does in the midst of COVID-19 or in the midst of my dad dying or in the midst of anything that happens in life, the fact that Jesus is alive can change my perspective on any situation I go through. I love it. Um, in the midst of the story that we talked about on Sunday, there was obviously two guys. They're walking away from Jesus and from faith. It's in, uh, it's just insane to me. I was listening. I mean, I was reading my Bible on Sunday morning before church in light of what I knew was coming, obviously, in your content. Um, and it's just so remarkable to me how no one was expecting him to come back to life because again, obviously hindsight's 2020. 20, and so we know how this whole story ends, but like these two guys, it's not like they were walking away because they hadn't heard. They had already heard <laughs> that the women had come. They had gone to the disciples. It had spread enough through the disciples. These guys has already heard, like there are already claims of a resurrection and they're like, yeah, but we didn't see him. So, and they're just walking away. And here's what I was struck with as I was reading my Bible. After Jesus dies, Joseph of Arimathea comes, he goes to Pilate, he gets Jesus' body, he puts him in a a new cut cave, puts the stone over the entrance. So immediately Jesus is buried, which first of all, that's fine, that's to be expected, but it does indicate to me, at least at some level, they didn't want him just like laying out on the ground rotting. But I'm wondering, like, why are you doing, if if you genuinely expect him to come back to life, it might be a little weird, but like... I don't know, put him in your backyard on a patio chair or something. Like, let him, he's coming back. Like, just give him a minute. You want to be there when it happens. But they put him in a tomb. Okay, that's fine. But then the religious leaders, this is what blew my mind. Immediately, they go to Pilate and say, hey, this guy claimed to have to say he's going to be resurrected. That's interesting to me. They knew that. And second of all, they said he's going to be resurrected on the third day. That's what he claimed. So they had comprehended and at least to some degree believed that it was going to happen. At least they expected that his disciples would be expecting it and so that they would try to fake it. So they're like, look, this dude's going to try to pull off that he came back to life. So can we just put a guard and seal the tomb? And Pilate's like, yeah, that's fine. Do whatever you want to do to seal the thing. So they put two guards and they're standing there. And then the women go on the first day of the week and they're bringing, again, this blows my mind. They're not bringing like party hats and kazoos waiting for the third day to happen. They're bringing 
burial spices because they expect him to die and rot and they don't want him to smell. <laughs> it's like nobody here is only, the only people who took Jesus's word seriously about coming back to life were the Pharisees. All of his disciples were like, oh man, he's dead. And now he's going to be dead forever. And I just, the more I was reading that, I was so confused. And these disciples, you know, Cleopas and whatever his friend is, and we don't know their name, they're walking away too. I'm like, what is happening? Why did no one comprehend it? And I would cut them some slack if it weren't for that the religious leaders did. Sorry, I just went on a random rant. I told you I had some for my devos. But I was no, just, I, I've never I put mean, it together before that the Pharisees were legit like, no, no, no yeah, he, he definitely thinks he's coming back and it's going to be on the third day. So let's make sure that doesn't happen. And disciples are like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I, think the, I think the Pharisees were worried that the disciples were going to come and steal the body. I, I don't think they yeah, actually exactly. believed that that Jesus was actually going to be alive. I think they thought, okay, no, no, no. they're going to try to do some trickery to to spread this totally. lie. But I mean, think about it. Like, it doesn't surprise me. Can you imagine if someone came into our world and made claims that Jesus did? You know, I think this is a really good question. How many of us would have recognized Jesus if he walked on the face of our earth right now? Like, you know, I mean, like, totally. and what's crazy is the people who claimed to know the most about God were the actually the people who killed God. Like the Pharisees were the ones who walked him through court and they're literally in a circle looking at God and they don't know him. Like, But the th- I guess the thing that's, that's blowing my mind about it is they knew enough, they had understood Jesus's teaching about the resurrection thoroughly enough that they were, they were work, taking active steps to prevent him from being able to fake it. Like you said, they, they weren't expecting it to actually happen, but they're like, let's just post a guard to make sure these guys don't try to fake it. I guess I'm thinking the disciples, what I, what would have been cool is even if they weren't sure, I, I'm telling myself, and this is, I'm being way too generous to myself, but I'm telling myself, I think I would have gone, okay, he said he was going to come back to life. He said it was going to be on the third day. It's Sunday. Let's just can we just go chill? Like, let's just go sit there and let's just see what happens. You know what I mean? I'm not actually expecting it. I don't really want to get my hopes up, but let's just go. Now, at the same time, I recognize it was dangerous for them and blah, blah, blah. And I'm being way too kind to myself, but I just never clicked to me that the religious leaders were like, yep, this is probably going to at least get faked. So let's work against it. And the disciples were not taking any action. But that's exactly what these two guys did, Aaron. They didn't leave yes. until Sunday. They waited around. I don't know if they waited around because they thought some at some level Jesus was going to come back, but... That's true. That's a good point. They obviously didn't believe it that strongly because they heard the rumors that he did come back and still <laughs> left. Like, I mean, that's, that's, they were like, that's pretty... Yeah, I know. That's but. pretty pathetic if you really think about it. Like, okay, Jesus is dead. Okay, he's going to rise again. Oh, he did? Nah. Let's go. <laughs> I know. So bold. So bold. They're just like, yeah, probably not. I Like, let's at least, again, let's just go and find out. Maybe, uh, normally I'm not a disciples basher because I recognize, dude, I've got my issues. I would not have handled this better than Peter or whatever. But some aspects of the resurrection are like, guys, why not just stick around a couple more days and just see if you can at least find out who stole his body or something. Then you'll be like on the inside. Don't. Don't just peace out. And then I love that Jesus walks in the whole time, explains the Old Testament scriptures, and it gets to the very end, and they realize it's Jesus. I love what you said in the video where you're like, at first they probably were really embarrassed or whatever. I love that point because I would have just been like, oh, no. <laughs> we look so dumb. Uh, uh, what do you say to Jesus? 
I mean, like, I, I'm, I bet you they Thankful were so... Thankful he disappeared. <laughs> I, 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 I was just going to say, I bet you they were so glad he disappeared. Because <laughs> you know how embarrassing and how shameful... I mean, like, in all seriousness, I, it's funny because we're not them, but sometimes we are, <laughs> aren't we? Like, how many times do we yeah. doubt God? Like, even right now, we like, do we, you know, you think of COVID-19 and all that we're going through, and we, we say things like this all the time as Christians, like, hey, but God's got this. He could take this away in a second, but do we really believe he can? You I know, know like, if he did and he were standing here, I would be like, well, I gotta say, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I intellectually believe it, but I'm fairly certain I don't actually believe it. And, and think about how, I mean, like it's one thing to take a disease away to raise yourself from the dead. Like, again, mm-hmm. we've heard this story so many times that it, it feels what we say and what we claim feels so normal because we it, the repetition of Easter, the repetition. Right, but right. like to hear it for the first time, to to believe someone's actually going to do it, it's hard to put ourselves in their shoes because mm-hmm. we know the story. We've heard it over and over again. This was like so fresh and so crazy in right. their culture in their day that if I'm be if I'm being real, I probably would have been the guy that would have been like. Jesus, I love you, but you're crazy. You are crazy, dude. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, obviously my life indicates that I'm no better than these people when it comes down to the details, but it just does sound. And and I love what you said on Sunday too, about how it's just another, I I actually can't remember exactly how you said it. It's just another thing with more traditions that's lost its meaning or something like that. You kind of compared Easter to Christmas and I heard it three times. I should be able to quote it, but I didn't. I can't. Um, but yeah, I love that because I do think that that's true where it's so common. Like, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead, but it does. It actually is a crazy sounding thing because it is a crazy thing. And I've even found, I don't know if this is true for you, Drew, but like occasionally encountering other religions and studying them a little bit and finding out what they claim, all of their claims sound so audacious. Like What? you know, Muhammad is capable of what, or, you know, whatever, like, that's just like, that's ridiculous. But then I go, oh no, wait, that's of course exactly how all of the claims that I make sound Mm -hmm. (laughs) about our God. I just have grown up with them. And so it's very common. Oh yeah, Jesus came back to life. and That's what we celebrate. So I, that brings us to how we lost the amazement of Easter. And I think that's so relevant for all of us to think through whether or not this has just become one more Sunday where we dress up or where we have a, a nice lunch. Have we lost the amazement? When do you feel like you've been most amazed and when were low times for you in terms of amazement of what Jesus did? Well, I think, I think one thing that's been really helpful for me in recapturing the amazement has been my kids. Um, you know, telling, mm. telling my children like Joelle, who, who is, is on the really the cusp of fully understanding the gospel and believing in it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think seeing it through her eyes is, is so refreshing. And it takes me back to when I was a a new believer and like just explaining to her, like what Jesus did and that he rose again from the dead. Like the, the amazement in her eyes is the amazement that I want hearing the story mm. like as, as the first time. I just think I, I've been able to, and if you've got kids, I'd encourage you, you know, sh- share the stories with your kids and watch their reactions. Watch, the, listen to their questions. I think this is why Jesus says to have childlike faith where like you can believe in something and you can submit to something 
even if you don't fully understand it. And, and kids, they believe things greater than we do because you know they don't have life stripping their you know the logic of life yeah, and exactly just stripping away from the faith that you can that have that jadedness that develops yes and i i see the lack of jadedness in my daughter and in my son when i tell them the stories and like joel i mean just looking and watching her listen to this story and watching her eyes and her being in awe that god could do that i'm like God, give me that again. You know, like just mm. give that back to me has really helped me reca- recapture. I think in, I'm in a season right now too where, you know, I, I'm emotional because, <laughs> you know, my dad's dead. I just think God is is refreshing and, and giving me a new sense of amazement for life. I mean, my mom said, you know, while we were watching services, she was like, I wonder what like, e- I wonder what Easter's like in heaven. You know, it, like Ugh. You know, I, Yo. I I wanted to cry, but I also wanted to rejoice because I'm like, not to right now <laughs> because like man, dad is literally like with the risen savior. Like I just was, oh, I it was yeah, it was a hard Easter for our family, but it was also helpful in recapturing how amazing Easter is, and to know dad is mm-hmm. with with Jesus. I just, I, again, what are Easter services like in heaven? Like, come on, you want to talk about a party? Let's go. Jesus is alive. I bet they have alive. Monday night services. <laughs> I, they, I bet you they get a little charismatic in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I had so many other things I was thinking about saying, but I'm, I'm, I'm fighting back tears right now, so I think we should end on that. Let's. Uh, in fact, actually, I want to use that as a segue to talk about... Um, What's coming next? I'd love for you to just give us a little bit of pers- even just excitement about what's coming in our next series. And I think obviously it's got some ties uh, to what we were just talking about. So what's next? Yeah. So one, I'm saddened to see unfiltered Jesus go away. What an amazing oh, series. Oh man, me too. And you know, again, I, I, I want to just say thank you to the Davidsons, Drew and Meg. They're volunteers in our church that have put so much blood, sweat, and tears into this series. They got regular jobs, but that they're making and creating these videos. And God did some amazing things through these videos. And so Drew and Meg, thank you. I don't think he's done using them. He's he's not. He's not. And thank you so much for your time and energy. It it, it was, you guys are amazing. Um, Hmm. I also am excited for a new series. Um, It's going to be different, but it's called A Life That Matters. And really, I'm going to be just kind of teaching you what God's been teaching me in this series through, you know, my dad's death through COVID-19, what really makes a life that matters? I think, you know, death and crisis brings a level of focus to our lives where we really understand what is important and what's not important. And really that's what this series is all about, getting us to get back to the place in life where we're not distracted, where we're zooming in on what truly lasts for all of eternity. And so it's Mm going to be a fun and challenging series, but I think it's what we all need right now in this season. So I love it. Crisis brings clarity, and I'm looking forward to the clarity you can bring us uh, starting this Sunday. It's going to be a great series. Uh, Thanks for jumping in and joining us again. And everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, We've got some cool things coming for the podcast, just some updates, even just to make it a little more accessible that we're hoping to be integrating. So we'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. Thanks for listening, sharing, uh, send in your questions, podcast at northridgerochester.com. We'd love to be able to interact with those. And especially now when we're in our season where we're recording after Sundays, if you've got things that 
come up while you're listening on Sunday. If you shoot those off on Sunday, we might even be able to talk about them in the podcast. We'd love to be able to do that. Please reach out, podcast at northridgerochester.com. Or since Drew puts up his email every single week these days, you might as well just email him. (laughs) Actually, email whatever you want at northridgerochester.com. It'll probably make its way to us. That's if you can stay awake long enough to type Northridge Rochester. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you next week.